love is wonderful love is important but i personally think that there is always room for hating hating is sometimes very necessary hating is a part of the scientific method the podcast for rom communists from all walks of the internet i am your ever enthusiastic but deeply disorganized host zamadadex nothing more nothing less from the east not the west Ni bob Iger under arrest under the jail <sighs> lovers you know how, how are you guys doing <laughs> how how does it go how does it do how does it in general i'm just like trying to catch up for what has felt like what has actually been 30 plus days since our last our last release totally my fault and totally hilarious considering i was talking about um bi-weekly releases to ease the pressure only for me to completely drop the pressure and stop but you know a lot has happened in those 30 plus days for example i had a birthday exactly a month ago actually that's crazy but i had a birthday and i am now a 24 year old person and it's yeah it's it's a very ick feeling not because of the age thing i think i will never be um ashamed of my age i i completely hate that that idea that women must feel ashamed about being old i'm not ashamed about being an older person i am ashamed of being an older person with absolutely nothing to show for it i i'm 24 only by virtue of being born at a certain time otherwise nothing else about me feels like a grown woman should but you know we were getting through it we're getting by as best as we can it was a good birthday thanks for asking um but also around my birthday comes another special date which is the anniversary of this podcast we are now three years into this and (laughs) it's tough not tough it's great it's always i try to take this as a personal win that reflects how hard i worked to build this platform build i would like to call it a brand but i mean i guess it's it's great that after all of that work i can see myself still around still still kicking at three years so thank you all so much i am eternally grateful to you lovers people that listen to the shows people that tell a friend tell a friend 
people that um, boost our episodes when they're uploaded actually thank you so much you guys have made you've made something that i made um just purely hoping that i i created a space for myself to speak on these things this very niche thing and you've taken that and you've made it something that i'm quite proud of and something that i'm quite um hopeful for i'm always hopeful for the podcast i'm always hopeful for me and how i grow while i do it and it's all because of you guys all because i am uplifted in your eyes and uplifted in your hearts and uplifted on your feet so thank you thank you thank you thank you so much you know it's been tough being so deeply inconsistent especially with season six but you guys have stuck beside me through it all and yeah so grateful and of course that being said we are here because of your amazing support we exist because of your amazing support but the backbone of my content is the work of millions of writers and actors throughout the decades who have put in their labor into making these wonderful projects that i speak about and they those millions of writers and actors well mostly american ones they are currently on strike um you've seen lots of news about the two unions really hitting the streets or hitting the concrete to combat contractual errors or issues that are really outdated and no longer protecting the employees behind it and i'm i'm a union girly <laughs> i i deeply believe that people should be fairly compensated for their work and that's something that's not happening since the introduction of um, streaming so all the popularity of streaming services because yes some of them have been around for a very long time but now it's kind of like this huge industry where people are not seeing the compensation that they should be seeing because of corporate greed there's also the concerns around the usage of artificial intelligence aka ai wow that was difficult to say <laughs> Um, and yeah, that introduction of AI, that could really, for, that could cause more problems because it could further cut down what is already a very small crew working on these productions. And it's not small crews um, because that's what's necessary. Again, these corporations, they're trying to pay as few people as possible to withhold the profits of these productions. And it's just it's tough i mean it's not tough it's a very easy solution obviously to you and i smart people but you know corporate greed capitalism they're not seeing this as an issue that they need to work out very soon they think that no we're being a bit ridiculous we're being a bit ridiculous um with what you want and i just ugh, it grinds my gears and there's a lot there's a lot at stake with um, how they choose to deal with these two consi- consigning strikes. Now, there are a lot of 
content creators whose content focuses mainly on movies and or tv shows stuff like that and they are pulling back on releasing anything because they want to stand in solidarities solidarities wow (laughs) i'm sorry this is so serious they want to stand in solidarity with the writers and actors during this time and you know as they should because like we we shouldn't give these these studios any free promo they have clearly shown to us that they do not deserve our praise or our free promotion they they don't deserve any of that because they've clearly shown us that they are evil gremlins so producing this episode was kind of a toss-up for me because there's a lot to consider on one hand I think capitalism is a rotting potato and it's contaminating the entire garden of life. So the titans of capitalism must fall in order for all of us to be able to live in this world, economically speaking. On the other hand, I don't think this podcast has enough impact to offer any support to either side of this of this strike. Like... I'm not making money from this. I've never, I I should actually have, I've never made money from this podcast. And that's to do with like not advertising things, not doing promotions for movies that come out as if they would want me. But that's not the point. My point being is that this is just really, I'm no different from somebody in their bedroom writing um rants and posts on reddit just for them to like exist out there in the universe actually no that's i'm a little less than reddit users because this probably gets way less views than a reddit post because i see you guys you guys be retweeting those reddit posts onto my timeline and i'd be very confused about since when are we all tapped into this that's besides the point but it adds to my point, but it's besides the point. Um, I wanted to do this because I had indirectly promised this episode to you guys, and it really has been 30 plus days, and it feels like I should give you some the lovers something, um, not out of obligation, but just like my duty <laughs> as a person that that begged people to subscribe, someone that begged people to follow, um the accounts i want to give you something i want to give you guys something to listen to and it's it's this thing of i do this and nothing changes i don't do this and nothing changes so might as well just you know do it i think it also helps that this isn't based on anything that's come out recently or anything that's like again no impact i'm not giving studios anything to work with because every everything that i'm discussing is from something that has either been resolved like a story that's been resolved or just they're they're getting their coins i think i hope i pray (laughs) my point being i am like i said pro-union i'm pro-striking i'm pro the working class and I will take some time to complain about more that's going on with the strike and also like bring it back home because 
I don't think local lovers understand that a lot of the things that the um, American artists are complaining about right now are things that plague our own um, local actors, writers, production teams in general. But, you know, I will get to that later. We're just going to have a little fun, a little lightheartedness before we get into this serious complaining, which is very ironic because today, today's subject matter is basically complaining. Lovers, today I bring you another special, a different special from what we have had in the past that it's been a long-awaited special and I truly mean long-awaited. Um, Kumo, my good friend and podcast alum, he had suggested this idea to me way back in 2021. And I truly have no excuse to explain why it's taken me this long. It, I, I could have done this way earlier than now. I don't know why I didn't. But I'm glad that now I have it. Now Now is actually the perfect time to, to, to drop something like this. Today, we introduce the break it off special bio for short for three years we have explored couples that are end game some couples that are paused along the way and others that never really got the chance to take off in the first place with bio we are looking at straight up hating we are looking at couples that should have quit a very long time ago. I want to say that there's something poetic or something intellectual behind this, but I don't think so. I, this is a special, exclusively born out of hating. And you know, guys, love is great. Love is wonderful. Love is important. But I personally think that there is always room for hating. Hating is sometimes very necessary. Hating is a part of the scientific method. No, because listen, if scientists didn't have like at least one or two haters in the room when they brought stuff up, when they brought um, theories up to their peers, we would never get good inventions because hating requires you to Go back to the drawing board, reassess what you thought you were doing, and make some adjustments, all based on someone hating your first draft or your first idea. The rom-com community needs hating. It needs haters. Because with them, this is how we get good projects out onto our screens, out onto our small screens. One could say that I am not hating. I am merely fulfilling my duty as a wrong communist. Of course, not everybody will agree with your vision as a hater. And I, I truly understand if some of my picks for today, some of my opinions of today do not sit well with you. Completely understand. I just want you to remember that hating requires one to stray from the common path stray from the general consensus of opinion so if 
you do not agree with me. I actually feel way more correct than usual. But if you do agree with me, I hope you do enjoy this episode of just coming together to criticize a few things. But not even saying, actually no, I think I might be saying that all of them should break up immediately. I don't know, let's see. Today, we will be looking at Bo and Dre Johnson from Blackish. Kelly and Ryan from The Office. Natasha and Bruce from the Avengers trilogy. And Gregory, Eddie, and any fucking body from Abbott Elementary. I am not going to spend too much time on everybody because you know me. We could just like keep going for four hours or so if I just did not restrict myself. Um, my opinions won't really matter because, um, I think for most of these pairings that we're discussing today, their stories have, um, ended or been finished off. They're no longer running the only, with the exception of Abbott Elementary, but mm, I'll, I'll, I'll get into that in the midst of the episode. Let me just hold it. So, you know. Like I said, let's keep it cute, but let's see where we can improve upon, you know, like how can we better represent romantic pairings by looking at the couples that we have here today. Now, aside from all my hating, there will of course be mild spoilers along the way if I'm trying to discuss shows or movies romantic arcs you have to look at the whole thing and looking at the whole thing i'm gonna have to talk about everything that happens some of the some of these um productions i have not possibly watched every single thing and i will explain why when i refer to them but just in case there is the chance of me spoiling anything this is now your warning spoilers along the way they can't really be major because all of the th- all of these things have ended by now, but you know, just just keep that in mind. And again, something light, something fun, mixed in with tons of complaining, more so complaining. Now, I understand that by coming for um, the Johnsons. Um, you know, Rainbow and Andre. I am attacking a very huge fan base that loves the show greatly. And I'm not telling you that you are wrong for loving this show. I love the show. I love parts of the show. Let me be honest. I love parts of the show. Um, I think that Diane Johnson could rule the world with an iron fist and I would stand beside her because she's absolutely right. I love many parts of this show. It's just uh, Rainbow and Andre. They represent, at least for me, biasedly speaking, as like a person that is not straight and also not very... (laughs) I do not align with gender expectations or rules or... Or just standards. I would like to live 
in all my relationships, I would love to live just as a person, be seen as a person doing person things. So with this pairing, I feel for me, biasly, they represent the undesirable cishet married couple where it's meant to be funny that the husband sucks because and i will say this loudly with no bias andre johnson sucks oh my god (laughs) what an annoying man and i understand that the show tries to like bring us to this understanding by looking at like his his um childhood you meet his parents who have i guess not changed since he was a child all of all of these bits of information are meant to make us understand why he is the person that he is today and why he kind of sucks but it doesn't make me think he sucks less does that make sense like all the empathy in the world couldn't make me stop thinking that he sucks <laughs> it just does and i thought that i was just really really hating i thought that i was just being very unfair to him but then i obviously as i do whenever i i i tackle these these couples with each episode i do my research or by research i compare to their closest peers and the closest peers that we have for this pairing is if you look at a show like my wife and kids my wife and kids kind of the same thing kind of the same setup a suburban black family like just going through the motions of life i mean they're a little less suburban than um the johnsons just because i think what's his name michael michael's job is he's like in the working class he he works in the courier business i think i'm sorry i used to watch my wife and kids as like reruns on bat so my knowledge of it is shaky at best but from what i know they're quite middle class family but you know besides that all the same things when you look at the johnsons in fact i think the johnsons being a bit upper middle class is part of the thing that is their their downfall they're a bit annoying because of that but i will get into that a little bit later with my wife and kids with all the similarities they share with the johnsons michael as a husband is not that annoying if he is annoying it is to an extent that i can understand and or i find funny in fact i think all of it is quite funny and then maybe later i can be upset about it but michael is a fairly good husband to me on my eyes i think he and as much as he annoys his wife whose name i can't remember i'm so sorry tisha campbell i love you so much and as much as he annoys his wife or he annoys his children everybody still loves each other and there's like a mutual familial respect dre he's just especially i think it's also the way he treats his family like he's very childish to to Bo, where it feels like Bo has to do a lot of um maturity lifting on his part and this is i i know how i started the segment off this is not to say that 
foe is perfect she is of course a fully rounded character so she has her flaws she has her downsides but to me i think Bo is at best she's a goofy woman who is also a helicopter mother and that's about it she 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 is all these things maybe she'll get annoying but she's quite bearable she's quite a bearable human being also that's that's quite a lot considering that she was previously in a cult most of her childhood which is something it's funny how dre's childhood upbringing is meant to make us understand why he is the person that he is today and make us like create this empathy we should have towards him but Bo's upbringing which is not as traumatic as being poor but i don't know moving from a cult space to like just living in the real world oh i'm i'm worried about Bo. i'm worried about Bo johnson and i guess her her struggles are not as highlighted or it is not they her struggles are always highlighted as like a oh you know all my life i've i've had to struggle between am i black or am i white i'm like oh girl you got bigger problems than racial identity but i'm just gonna let you have it i'm gonna let the writers i'm gonna let the producer i'm gonna let them decide how they handle your story which actually brings me to another subsector of my hating i don't like kenya barris's work i should say i mean i can't comment on the man i don't know him and he he barely does enough out in the world for me to decide how i feel about him but definitely his work through blackish um there was a time i watched that show he made with um, Rashida jones i've yet to watch um that movie um you people i actually i refuse to watch you people just based on its premise but kenya barris is <laughs> hmm. i'm not a fan and i remember someone on twitter specifically said that he has there's there's notes of him that resemble tyler perry and people that know me know how i feel about tyler perry and his work and i just there's a way that he has written his male protagonists and in relation to their wives that just makes me annoyed i'm just very the day i catch you sir will be the day but i'm gonna let that slide i'm gonna let his beef my beef with him slide but back to the couple in question a lot of sitcoms back in the day they used to um, rely on this thing this idea that oh husbands are these annoying man children that get in your way or stop what you got going on and you know we love them despite their flaws because like they're here to support us or whatever and that is such a boring idea now again i think i'm biased because i will never i will simply never get into it with a straight man who even exhibits half of this kind of behavior because i just i can go i can leave i've decided that i can just go and i'll be fine so it's kind of that old style of sitcom marriages that we no longer 
like or we can no longer find funny because it's rooted in this thing that's so this idea that's so annoying that oh you know men are just built this way men are just they are all like this so we just have to take them as they are meanwhile that's not what it is and that's never how it should have been and i i remember i I watched blackish on and off I'm, i'm that kind of viewer if it's on tv i must see it now my sister's very into it so she would watch every single episode but i would just very on and off with it but i really i recall the time when Bo and Dre were separated pending a divorce. I can't remember what brought it along, but judging from the episode's like promo, it is basically like this, oh the love is fading, the love is fading, you know how you get I mean I'm saying you know how you get. I'm not married and not all of the people that listen to this are but you know how it's portrayed in film and TV that at some point in time you know marriages lag and you have these issues and you think that the next possible step is divorce and I remember I got to the point where Dre I don't know if he was renting or he had bought a place outside of the house and it was it was they really had us on the edge (laughs) they really they really made us think that oh it's this is it it's shaking to the point of destruction the marriage is not going to survive this and a lot of people, I know because this was a staple show for them, so this means this is a staple couple for them, they were kind of saddened by the prospect of this happening because, you know, once you get a comfort couple completely taken away from you, you, you get sad for a bit, you get sad for a long time. I was on the opposite spectrum where I thought you go rainbow johnson you better leave this man because i just couldn't understand why a successful woman of her caliber of her hotness was just going through this thing or like dealing with this man for so long but it's fiction you know it's fiction that's also based in real life like you do see women especially black women we do see them in situations like this and you know that there's no amount of talking to them there's no amount of girl by destiny's child style pep talks that you can give them to get them out of this thing you just people have just some people some women have decided that this is my man and i must stick beside him also because like starting over again might be very difficult when you have like how many children do they have four five oh i'm sorry that was not meant to sound so judgmental there's just a lot of, i guess for rainbow to consider there was a lot of stake that she maybe didn't want to let go of and that is fine for all his flaws and all his problems it's not like he was dangerously violent or he made it difficult to stay at home because obviously that wouldn't make it a nice little um sitcom for the family to watch but it does it oh i i look at this couple and it begs the question like how much can we withstand from our partners just for the sake of oh but it'd be so difficult to go outside again you know what i mean that's what they made me feel all the times that i would watch the show and it made me it made it very difficult 
to watch it and kind of want whatever they had going on. I never wanted anything that Rainbow and Andre had going on, not even a little bit. And that's just me. That's just hating. But I think a lot of the characters arts would have been better off if they had chosen to break it off. Also because I really don't think Andre Johnson was going to change ever. And he never really did. So, you know, bye all. Next up, we have Kelly and Ryan from The Office, the US version, of course. My thoughts on this pairing is just no absolutely not and i could actually further go on to say god no i hate them i hate them together that is and i just cannot see it ever being a thing and i hate that in fact it was a thing kelly and ryan are a case of the two worst people you know getting together to better maximize their terribleness. In fact, that's actually so much weight put on Kelly's shoulders. Ryan was the worst, the absolute worst. For anybody that he paired up with, he was the absolute worst. I understand that unlike the previous couple, these two are intentionally designed to be the absolute worst like it adds to the comedy of the show and i think there's no point where the writers make us believe or lead us to believe that this makes sense or that this is a good thing they are very clear about the fact that this is a terrible pairing and no one is benefiting from it and they should not be together and we should not want whatever the fuck they have going on all of that in mind, all of that that we know, it's still a very big and ma- and very loud hell no for me. Ooh, there's sometimes, if you follow us on Twitter, sometimes I will declare how the podcast refuses to talk about certain couples only because I'm, these aren't requests from anybody. I'm not, whenever I put out who I will never speak about, it's not like I am rejecting a previously suggested pairing. This is me just realizing that in all of the possible futures of this podcast, I just do not see myself covering a certain couple, mainly because I don't think I have a good thing that I could possibly say about them, let alone a very redeeming thing. And Kelly and Ryan were one of the first of these kinds of tweets where I just I had to let people know right away that I will not cover these people because I don't I don't know what I could possibly say about them or for them that could make you believe that there's something we can learn from them except to absolutely run away from guys built like Ryan and I thought that maybe this was a thing that happens on the office because there's a bunch of pairings where you kind of question 
the compatibility or like is it a good enough reason for these people to come together there's a lot of there's a few couples like that on the office so for comparison's sake i looked at um angela and dwight who like this pairing they start off as a very bad idea they start off with a scandalous idea where the other party isn't really in this for the right reasons like they're not committed to being with this person it's just something happened i don't know what sparked it for angela and dwight but it's just it was a matter of this person is here let's just get this this done and it didn't pan out well for them but for these two it panned out great i'm sorry i need to be specific with (laughs) angela and dwight it panned out great because it progresses past their origins um to a point where they end up being a couple that makes so much sense for each other even to the point where they get married because i think they did genuinely make each other so happy and also they have a child together but like it made it eventually gets to the point where it makes so much sense and it is inevitable that they get together and they have addressed the things that made them incompatible and they have fixed them they have grown in their character so it makes sense for them to get together they deserved it basically these two are in some toxic circle that is so unbreakable and i don't understand it for the sake like okay guys kelly loves ryan for her own reasons i mean michael also loves ryan but his his is a case that i cannot dissect Kelly loves Ryan um, because I guess he's the most attractive person in the office. I stand to disagree, but I think that's because I'm a huge gym stan. I'm a fan of his face. Anyway, Kelly does hyperfixate on very beautiful people in the office. We see it anytime there is a guest star that is very attractive. Kelly will jump on it like... Uh, the time that they brought on Timothy Oliphant. Ooh. <laughs> I, I have very strong feelings for Timothy. Um, I think I think that he um I think he knows what he was doing. I think his role in the office was him playing somebody that absolutely understands the impact he has on women and he was not willing to like die dumb it down for anybody like he he knew he was that guy and he was leaning on it heavy and kelly she was so right for being obsessed with him she was so right for eyeing him down and she really could have maybe she wouldn't have ended up with him here timothy oliphant's character was not an end game kind of person but he was definitely worth the hype that she was giving him unlike this gremlin man ryan who y'all ever noticed that he does this thing where he doesn't care damn for kelly or what's going on with her or whatever she's going through until the moment where she's vaguely or mildly no longer interested in him and then all of a sudden he has all of the time he has all of the attention in the world to give to her but in that time and attention he's also acknowledging that he is not the good choice and that's that's actually one of the most successful um, gags in the show is Ryan understands that he 
does not match up to actually genuinely good men that want Kelly. I remember when she started going out with um the pediatrician that looks after um Pam's kids. Pam specifically wanted that shift to happen because she really wanted to get Kelly completely away from Ryan and his toxicity. And he was the pediatrician, he was a good man, he was a doctor, he was great towards her. I think he was also Indian. Um and then he also just anyone that isn't like ryan is a good match for her and he was attentive and he wasn't trying to be cool by ignoring her he was a perfect match for her and that sent ryan overboard but in his moments of trying to convince kelly to take him back he deeply acknowledges hey i'm not this guy i'm am i going to give you the attention that he gives you probably not Am I going to go out with you publicly and adorn you with um, affection? Most likely no. And that's all he had going for him. All he had going for him is the fact that Kelly previously liked him. Otherwise, he was not willing or he was unable to do everything else that was required to be a good match for her. And... Oh, do you understand that even Michael Scott eventually figured out that he is not a good match with um Jane, who he was was it Janet? Is it Janet or Jane? His his manager lady. I can't remember her name right now. But do you understand how much self-introspection went into that coming from a man like Michael Scott? For him to acknowledge that actually, you know what, I should step back from this. This woman also he was not only doing it in the sense that he realized that they are not compatible. It was him realizing that oh, she is not very nice to me. She's not a very good woman to me. Um, I should actually love myself a little bit. I should understand that I deserve way more than this, and I should walk away from this pairing. And it took him a lot. I think there was a whole episode dedicated to people just trying to convince Michael that, hey, you realize you don't deserve to be treated like this, right? And even then it was taking him. It doesn't end with his relationship with Jane. I want to say Jane so much, but I also feel like that's so wrong. It doesn't end there. There are a couple of other relationships afterwards that um, should make him question his self-worth and make him question what how he's willing to let people women in romantic situations treat him and it takes a long time but look at the end of the road he gets to marry the love of his life who is holly because he learned those very tough lessons very early and he took those lessons and applied them to his life kelly gets a shot to be without Ryan many times that time where he is arrested for fraud and I think also cocaine charges that time where there's a huge time jump between um when Dwight is appointed manager and when Dwight gets married there's a huge time jump and we see that she has been with the pediatrician for quite some time but ultimately at the end of the wedding she decides to run away with Ryan 
and I I was so happy at the prospect that maybe Kelly had finally gotten wise to this is what she actually deserves and she shouldn't just settle with this whole Ryan fixation that she has but they end up running away together at the end of that episode and I was just I was so annoyed but like with Michael you can't always make someone see that they deserve better it's sometimes a conclusion that they have to reach all on their own and it's a it's a lesson that you you just keep learning for quite some time and michael had the the pleasure of like getting to the point where he could acknowledge that he deserves better and also having the time to reach out for what he deserves and he got it Maybe Kelly didn't have enough of that time. Maybe Kelly is so, so conceited. Like I know her character arc is being conceited and vapid and whatever, but maybe she was just so conceited that it was impossible for her, no matter how much time you gave her, maybe it was impossible for her to kick this. I would call him an addiction. I feel like Ryan was by definition quite the addiction because she just could not kick it. But in a parallel universe, I guess, where someone is enduring a similar situation, I would like to believe that they have the time and they have the access to good friends and good um, people around them that will help them through this because no one, and I mean fucking no one, deserves to date anybody like Ryan. Of course, I couldn't do the special without bringing up a superhero couple because <sighs> superhero parents are ay 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 ay. Of course, I couldn't think of anyone better to bring up than the ever so controversial, the ever so turbulent, the ever so what the fuck is even going on. I had to talk about Natasha Romanoff, a.k.a. Black Widow, and Bruce Banner, a.k.a. The Hulk. Now, this, this rant is looking at all the material that happens between Age of Ultron and the First Infinity War. What am I saying? The First Infinity War. Infinity War. Um, basically, we could look at all the Avengers movies, but those are the two and then the projects in between that kind of illustrate this pairing. I want to look at Endgame as well, but I'll touch on Endgame. I will lightly touch on Endgame. Now, if you are like I, I want to call myself an MCU fan, but I'm so behind on so many things, but that's just because I'm lazy. But before um end game i was up to date all the time knew all the facts knew all the well knew all the facts is i was in it i was a huge mcu nerd and so i've watched these characters develop under this version of um the marvel cinematic universe and i love them separately 
we are introduced to Romanoff in Iron Man 3? No. 2? I'm sorry, I'm having a brain fart. <laughs> I genuinely can't remember now. No, we're introduced to him in Iron Man 2. And, you know, she's a woman. She's a super spy, she's super hot or whatever. <laughs> she's everything that you would expect from like a female operative who can work so closely alongside nick fury in this in the world under shield like she needs to be the way that she is closed off focused cutthroat hot <laughs> and then on on the other side we have bruce banner who we meet um well the version of Bruce Banner with Mark Ruffalo we meet in the first Avengers, but the version of the Hulk that is meant to be a part of the Marvel Cinematic Universe that we know was actually um, in the version with Edward Norton because at the end of his movie, the Easter egg in there is that he meets up with Tony Stark, played by Robert Downey Jr., trying to like slowly try to get him into joining the the group that would later become the avengers so we sow the seeds very late these two only come together in avengers that we know of and hmm <laughs> comic book love stories are notoriously iffy but not all of them are that bad like we have known about certain pairings for the longest time because they've made they've been made iconic alongside the character involved in them like everybody knows about spider-man and mary jane everybody knows about superman and lois lane wait sorry i just i just realized that they rhyme that's a bit weird everybody knows about um now with the cinematic universe everybody knows about tony stark iron man and pepper Potts. like you get this main love interest this main lady that is associated with a certain superhero and it does stick like one thing about comic book superheroes is they do form this this pairing that does stick and is quite iconic so i didn't know much about these two in the comic book world i don't even know if their pairing is comic book accurate and i i just i i would i want to look at only the movie so i'm trying to set that aside but what you should know is that it's normal for a pairing to be iconic in this world but the substance of said pairing varies like some some pairings get a lot of emotional depth and history and they make you understand why these people are in love and they make you want to root for them to like end up together no matter what happens and then some people are just proper straight up arm candy that speaks a couple of times and you can tell that there's not a lot of emotional depth or seriousness um to back this pairing in the time under the time that i i am i'm basing this couple off of we'll, we'll start with like age of ultron because that's that's really the, the the root of the issue age of ultron 
was as with Avengers was written by Joss Whedon, who <laughs> I could I could talk about him. I could talk about all of the issues that have come around his name. Like you just you just have to Google him and the things pop up. But I will summarize by saying he has a tendency to not really care for or work towards um, strengthening his female characters in his work. Like he leaves much to be desired about his female characters in his work. And there are lots of complaints um, from Scarlett Johansson who portrays um, the Black Widow. She has a couple of complaints about his vision and for her character and what that did for him. But yeah, I, I, I like to blame all the things that went wrong with this pairing on Joss Whedon because he did Natasha so dirty. And then on top of that, he wheels her into a love story that he doesn't really take the time to formulate or to make understandable or to make good is what I'm looking for. It wasn't good. And it doesn't make sense for either of them. On a, on a Black Widow side, it's like, a, oh, you're just like, you know, arm candy to this person. But it's it's wild because she is her own hero. And she's a super oper spy operative, wow, who is working under the superhero organization. She has her own things going on. She has her own past going on. But when it comes to Bruce, she is now like, oh, only she can tame him. Only she can. <laughs> I'm, sorry. I'm sorry. Only she can um, bring him back down. And it should be cute. Like that whole sun's going down. It should be adorable. But it's not because it came out of nowhere. And there's no love behind it there's no caring behind it they just have really weird conversations throughout very cryptic unemotional conversations throughout in in a way that's so dehumanizing for um natasha because she's just she now just becomes this um sub weapon because she can speak to bruce and talk him down it's like they've reduced the black widow to girls that see their men fighting in the club and they <laughs> and they stop them and they look and they're like hey 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 look at me look at me this isn't you <laughs> this isn't you that's what natasha romanoff has become whereas if you if you watch her solo movie She's so much more than that. She's so much better than that. She's so much stronger than that. But now here she is being this. And oh, I I've never hated a love story so much. And I hate it. And I hate that I don't like it because the bare bones of it on the surface it would make a lot of sense. Bruce Banner, played by Marco Flo, is quite a soft um character he's quite a soft man in the sense that like he is very 
gentle he's very soft-spoken i mean it is possibly because he's trying to like beat the hulk allegations about being a loose cannon and all that stuff and all that jazz but he is so he's so golden retriever coded and that perfectly pairs well with um natasha who is you know she's hard she's russian she's tough she's cryptic um they that makes so much sense if it were any other kind of storyline like that that could be such a good story because we see how we have seen lots of couples that are uh set up like that and we love them and we appreciate them because someone has done the work to make them a lovable pair to make them seem like they are compatible to make them seem like they truly do love each other yeah Mm, you remember in king kong (laughs) sorry to bring this up you remember in king kong where they get on the island and um kong takes the woman because um the the the, the people were gonna sacrifice her to him and he was like how could you how could you do this to the sweet little lady i'm gonna take her and i'm gonna hide her up in the hills where you will not find her and i will look after her and i will take care of her even though i'm not explicitly saying these things she will know that this is the case because i will make her feel safe do you understand how bad a couple has to be for me to understand the king kong storyline way better than whatever they have going on do you understand how weird it is to be less endearing than whatever King Kong and that woman had. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm getting wild up. It's just... And it's funny because um, part of their thing is that they're separated after Age of Ultron because Bruce runs away because he cannot stand what he's done. He runs away and that obviously upsets Natasha for a long time. And then they're semi-reunited because everyone has to come together to fight um Thanos during Infinity War. And then obviously we know what occurs after that. Um I'm getting triggered all over again. Now you would think that oh there the blip has happened. They're about to endure another five years apart. Natasha and Bruce survived the snap. They were on Earth with everybody else for those five years. And they did nothing in fact i think bruce was so far away from everything he just they just ignored each other you mean to tell me these people that you tried to convince me are deeply in love that they now have the chance to reunite after i don't even know the time span between age of ultron and infinity war but it's a couple of years it's a long long time you mean to tell me that they now have the chance to be together we're scared because they both have to work under this organization to help stabilize the world after this huge traumatic thing has happened. They have a chance to be together. For five whole years, they don't. They just ignore each other the whole five years. Ooh, I, just, I would have rather they had done absolutely nothing with these two i would have rather they let me believe that black widow and um hawkeye actually have something going on i would have rather they said nothing than what they ended up doing because they gave us 
nothing but they expected us to fill in the blanks they expected us to imagine that this could be a very romantic situation if it happened but they gave us nothing to work with to imagine you know what i'm saying and they had so much i think what frustrates me the most is they had so much time they had so much time they are is it not maybe 10 years from age of ultron to like now they had well not now because i mean r.i.p natasha <laughs> that's so funny and oh they had the goal to in endgame when they're like oh hey natasha sacrificed herself for the stole zone they had the goal to make us believe that the hawk was deeply hurt deeply upset by that okay where was all of this concern where was all of this love when both of you all were alive and safe where was it until this very moment you have not felt anything yo it makes me so sick and i think the thing that makes me the sickest is that in she-hulk which features bruce in she-hulk they introduce the love story between she-hulk and matt murdoch aka daredevil who was previously i think at least on his show there was never any mention of him um getting with she-hulk i i don't know when marvel decided to do this but it was a decision they made and it's it's worked out like matt arrives on the scene maybe in the third episode and this is like an eight episode long series matt appears maybe the fourth third episode and everything that happens between them up until the the eighth episode everything that happens in there made me believe that they were more suited to be together than what feels like a 12 year long romantic arc how do you make me support a relationship that started in the space of four episode four episodes how do you make me support that way more than something you had so many years to mold and perfect and fix and do I don't know, man. I know it's too late because one of the people in this couple is now dead. But like, if I could, if I had a time machine, I'd tell them to break it off. Just break it off. I did not mean to get so passionate. I didn't realize how angry that thing made me feel until I started speaking. But yeah. We now reach our fourth couple, which isn't really a couple more than a critique over romantic choices for one character. I will now be looking at um, resident hottie and teacher from Abbott Elementary. I'm looking at Gregory Eddy. And this is criticizing any romantic pairing he has had on the show since it started now i must clarify for people that have caught up on abelard inventory up until the end of season two i must clarify that i do not mean janine everyone understands that janine teaks and gregory eddie are endgame it's just the writers of the show made a very smart decision where they said we will 
present this possibility to you but you need to understand that these characters are not where they need to be in order for this thing to work so we're going to hold off on getting them together right now which i think is actually the smartest possible decision that they could make it also brought me to tears <laughs> because they have a conversation in the, is it the last episode yeah they have a conversation in the last episode that really just it tucked at the heartstrings greatly and i i really i wish them the best but they're right that a lot of things have have to happen individually first before we can even enjoy this end game and you know after all the things that i've said thus far i think i would rather people take their time to perfect a couple than just rush into it because it's what everyone in the audience wants to see happen that being said i hate every single person that has gone out with gregory before and possibly after this but guys the lady is before i understand i understand where greg was coming from i understand that okay just because he can't be with janine right now especially at the time at the time that he was making most of these romantic decisions he literally couldn't be with janine because she was in a very serious relationship um and then in between then it was just i the both of them they were not they're not biting they're not moving towards each other so of course he's gonna make romantic decisions while he's he's not waiting but you know life is moving on so i understand from that point of view that he just was dating because that's what you do when you are single and nothing's happening now the main two the main two people that he has seriously dated are taylor howard who is um miss miss howard's daughter that we know and amber one of his students mom what does that not sound so correct but you know what i mean those are the two main people that he has dated in 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 his career and his time on the show i don't hate them per se i actually i don't even think i have anything against them as people as characters they they were pretty good people there was nothing wrong with them i just hate the pressure it felt quite like some some of the reasoning behind these pair-ups felt like pressure more than he was genuinely interested in them as potential partners potential girlfriends and i think the with okay with taylor howard that was just um this person is here we're hitting it off why not just you know go on a couple of dates because taylor was cute you know she was a nice woman she was a familiar face in the sense that she is related to your colleague but taylor was a cute moment and i'm absolutely sure that she's also a very sweet girl again she is the daughter of miss howard of course she's a very lovely woman but mm, <laughs> mm, i just i never saw it i never got them i never really stood by them especially because i think a lot of these relationships 
aren't standing by me because they are very clearly trying to hold hold us over while we wait for what is our inevitable end game and the tendency in sitcoms when this is the case is that they will pair off um somebody with anyone that is furthest away from who their end game is maybe for contrast maybe for um shock factor maybe just to hold the time and entertain us for the time but with taylor <laughs> there's also this thing of like the reason why they they ended up separating according to miss taylor gang is that she didn't like that gregory um could not afford to like sustain their relationship and <laughs> i'm not saying that the girlies are wrong when they say this i'm not because honestly guys men are gonna wreck your lives men are going to do terrible things to you if at least what you'll get is like lots of gifts lots of dates if you're at least gonna get something fun out of it get it get it girl because the alternative is suffering with nothing what i'm judging taylor for is you intentionally dated a first i think it's like first year fully teacher a junior teacher in a public school you intentionally dated him with also your mother your mother is also a a teacher in this public school and i have a mother that, that was a teacher she's no longer a teacher now but i have a mother that was a teacher and she never told me how much they made but i could tell how much they made she let she let me know that there was no money for this thing that i wanted and i'd be like you know what it's okay because i see you i see how you move you guys are clearly not making that much money in this system and that's not even a drag that's just a people that know teachers know that they're not making that much so for you to go intentionally date a teacher and they'd be like damn he does not have enough money to sustain this relationship of course he doesn't of course he doesn't girl what did you think <laughs> girl what where were you going <laughs> it's just it should not be so funny but it was so hilarious i just didn't understand where she was coming from fine get maybe you decide to go on one date with him because you just want to see how things pan out you and see how things go don't you think <laughs> that after that date after assessing how things are don't you think that you can be like well actually i don't think this can go further because like clearly your financial situation is never going to change and that is i think my only gripe with taylor i just did not understand her on that front but i liked what this the end of this relationship showed us something important and that is how gregory tends to start relationships out of following some courteous guideline on like what you should do when you start receiving attention from somebody rather than him fully liking somebody and that is not unique to gregory i feel like for a lot of men 
a lot of them tend to start things purely because they feel like they must address the romantic attention that they are receiving from somebody more than how they personally feel about somebody actually also even in the way that men pursue women straight men pursue women a lot of it to me seems like they are just going with oh i should obviously go for this very attractive woman uh in front of you because that is what must be done that is how this game goes i would be a fool not to all that stuff and then then no one ever stops to think hey do i like her <laughs> do i i like her a lot i'm not even asking him to like see marriage with any of these people the just baseline question of hey do i romantically like this woman a lot and if the answer isn't yes i i genuinely don't understand why he would keep doing this to himself and i thought okay maybe he has learned his lesson with this taylor thing maybe he will get better at this hi my boy greg goes i'm gonna do you one better and he starts to date amber and <laughs> i know what i said above but i can kind of imagine i can kind of see how his first date with taylor could have progressed beyond that how the hell did he progress past his first date with amber someone tell me what what did they talk about what did they discuss at the time and this is absolutely no shade to amber at all she is a beautiful beautiful woman and she seems very very nice but <laughs> i understand that at the time that she was pursuing him she wanted him physically like she was like you are a very handsome man and i guess it's also nice to like have a crush on somebody with uh, being a teacher at a public school is a very stable job so like yeah he had a stable job he was a clean-cut man it it makes sense to want him gregory eddie it makes sense to want him but again it's this thing of people not thinking in the long term because what happens after that what happens six months after that like i'm not even looking into years six months after this decision has been made what are you gonna do when it's no longer enough that you physically wanted him and it's funny it's funny the writers do this clever thing where at the time that janine is dating um gregory's friend maurice there is the valentine's day episode where the two pairings um intersect where the gift that Maurice gets for Janine was perfectly suited for Amber and the gift that Gregory gets for Amber was perfectly suited for Janine and it's kind of like this thing that writers do to be like hey you see they should not be with that person they should be with each other and I don't understand I don't understand Amber should have been with Maurice it's it I understand why they set up that episode that way 
But afterwards, all I could think about was Amber should be with Maurice. Here is somebody perfectly suited for her, handsome as hell, because Vince Staples is very handsome. And I think he's also, he's a lot funnier than Gregory, because I don't think Gregory tries to be funny. I think Gregory is just the person that he is, and that, that can make you laugh from time to time. And it's just, I would like to see, because I think, despite their relationship ending that the, the way that it did when amber does realize that they actually are not compatible for one another i would like kind of like as a redemption story i guess i would like for her to get with maurice because i like it when couples that make sense get together i don't care for the history i know it will it'll make a lot of things awkward for the ex pairings but i just <sighs> She deserves all that much and it would it would show that she does she does understand what is good for her and also i just i really love vince being on the show back to gregory um i think that the valentine's day episode should have been his first sign that he is not um meeting women that align with who he is or like the things that he finds interesting or important I understand that no woman might will compare because we all have Janine Teagues in mind. But like I said earlier, they're not going to be a thing right now just because the writers are building up to it as they should. And I'm glad that they are. But they should at least, you know, give him a little sum sum. Give him a little, a proper relationship that at least makes sense for him. Like, Goodness gracious, I'm at the point where I'm hoping that Jacob and Zach can like set him up with a nice woman. Because you know, you know how the, the gays will find you a person. The gays will find you a person perfectly suited for you. And I love that about them. But another thing they could do is, I don't know, open his throat. Now that um, Jacob and Gregory have breached this level of friendship that they're at right now i think they need to have some very heartfelt chats very serious chats where jacob you know tells him straight and he goes hey dude i don't think you're thinking about yourself when you make these romantic decisions i think you should put yourself first put your interests first find people that align with your interests and stop being a fool in the streets you know just okay jacob Actually, Jacob would say all of this. I was about I was about to say that it's not like him, but then I realized who I'm talking about. You know, he just needs that 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 friendly chat. Unfortunately, it cannot come from Janine because you know they're they're in their own kerfuffle going on. But he needs a very good friend to just be like, hey, dude maybe this isn't working out for you because you're not really looking out for yourself i don't know that's just me though and that's what they should say afterwards they should retract it immediately afterwards because that's what you do when you're giving advice so gregory um i know that all these relationships have passed and my opinion doesn't matter anymore but for gregory eddie i just need him to to, to break it off but more importantly, I need him to try again with somebody, anybody better. Yeah. 
competition at the end like which couple do you hate the most but that didn't make sense so i would like to instead open the floor um i know you lovers i know who you are <laughs> wait sorry that sounded like a threat i know what kind of people you are and and as much as we have lots of fun gushing about ships that we love and ships that we support i know you I know that you would also love the opportunity to trash talk ships that you just cannot stand. And so I wanted to open the floor. I wanted to give you as listeners the chance to tell us about the ships that maybe you don't stand by. You can comment on the ships that we brought up today. You can tell us about ships in your own viewing that you just cannot get behind for whatever reason that you have like be open with us you know this is i am declaring this to be a safe space i'm declaring it that we are not people that judge one another for the things that we hate on the show like we are good wholesome people <laughs> that just understand that sometimes things deserve to be criticized um you can tell us please do tell us on our twitter account at starring cupid you're also on Tumblr at Star and Cupid Podcast. Um, I think I can receive questions. I can't remember what I selected on the tab in the settings, but I think I can receive questions. So please shoot us some questions. If you are on IG exclusively, you can find us on Zamati Shares. I understand that it's it's the photography page, but I promise I also use it for podcast stuff because I'm just not committed to making this this its own account especially with the shit that mark zuckerberg has going on over there please join us join us in our haterade i would love to hear from y'all um i mentioned in the beginning that i would come back to complain about some stuff so please do not do not tune us out i promise this is worth it this is about the strike i promise um yeah huge thing happening over in the states that might um move over to canada i know there's um uk performers and crew that also have a few gripes they want to work out they just can't strike in solidarity because of union rules but the big the big consensus here is studios are taking everybody for a ride dare i say they are taking everybody for a bus and People are sick and tired of it, especially when it means that they can no longer afford to live regularly. To they cannot they cannot afford to get themselves the bare basics of living, which is housing, which is food, which is um transportation, whether that be cars, whether that be public. Like it's very tough for them to live. And like I said, I support them in that. I stand in solidarity with everybody striking right now. Um, I know this episode is out now and, you know, it's 
it's talking about the content but i think going into the next couple of episodes i'm gonna focus predominantly on south african projects or maybe just like international projects in general um maybe well not maybe i have been planning to do a a couple of episodes on books because in the time that i've been away the time that i've been quiet i have really really tuned into um reading romantic literature um all kinds of romantic literature actually and i have stuff planned for you guys so i think those can also go out basically what i'm saying is even if i if if i stopped talking about certain things in solidarity the show can go on um it's not gonna stop me so i might as well just Ooh, let me not say it like that. I do want to support them. I'll support them either way. Because it is just... every People getting their well-deserved dues has never, ever affected me in the past. So let me rather just, you know, support them in everything that they're doing. That being said, I know that a lot of eyes are on the strike right now. And for south africans i want the i want this to kind i want us to bring this a little bit back home and bring up how we have a major um issue with in terms of um actors and writers and general crew members being fairly compensated for the work that they do on productions most south africans will know or maybe they don't know until another uh, a situation comes up that brings it to your attention but our actors our writers and our crew they are not fairly compensated for their work i i don't know how it works initially but i think they get paid a lump sum for the work that they have to do so let's say for instance someone is going to be in a movie um either writing for it or acting in it or you know camera crew all that stuff they get a certain amount of money at the very beginning even maybe pre-production but at the very beginning at the start of this production they get a big money big money Ooh, they get a big sum of money for the work that they are going to do when they shoot this movie and then i think the same goes for series like you get your initial um income before to to establish that this is the work that you're going to do this is what you're going to choose this is what you're going to be in then fine they do the work that they have to do then the project the movie comes out the the show starts um playing this the work comes out and is published thereafter at least with actors i actually don't know how it works for crew and but i feel like it's worse for writers thereafter they never see any amount of money again for the work that they have done and that's so crazy to me that's so crazy to me i know for the um the american strike a lot of people have been um, posting the residual checks that they get from certain projects and it will be like someone getting 
um 86 cents i know there are other people that were getting negative amounts and i really want to understand what that means like does that mean that they owe the union now do they owe paramount like i don't understand what negative amounts means but yes lots of people were publishing their residual checks um kind of to say like there's no way that i could continue living if this is the amount of money i get for a show or a movie i did so many years ago and in kind of similarly in south africa you'll have actors who are huge names like maybe they are legendary thespians legendary in the sense that they were on a show and a movie that people talk about to this day that ran for years people um will see these 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 thespians see these legendary people and maybe 10 years after their show has been has ended or 20 years after the show has ended they will be um a little bit older and you will hear stories about them starting um crowd funds asking for donations because they can no longer afford to live in general like they, in general i know there are some actors from um legendary shows like what's the show the legendary shows shows like elms events where they die poor but that doesn't make sense because this was a huge production at the time it came out and even many years afterwards you'll see the reruns um being played often and you wonder oh how could you have died poor if this was the case and that's another problem is that's a, it's a problem i'm seeing with us but it's a problem i'm seeing in the american strike where people think that Oh, if you made the show all that time ago, why do you still want to earn money from it when it plays again on my TV or when I stream it? And let me tell you something to anybody that thinks that. Anytime that something is put on your television, anytime that you watch something on streaming, there is money going to somebody. Somebody is earning money from that stream, from that play, from money is being earned in whatever way possible that's not because of like that's not that's not a thing that's possibly anything being screened legally someone is getting the money from that all actors are saying is that the money that is generated from things like that we would like some of it because it's going to somebody and you can clearly see it in how people will be the CEO of a streaming service or a protection company, and they will be not millionaires, billionaires. And it doesn't make sense because as a CEO, what are you doing that the crew are not doing, the stars are not doing, that they cannot, and no one's, oh, sorry, I'm getting, I'm getting angry again. No one striking right now none of the like south african actors that complain none of them think that they deserve to be billionaires in fact none of them want to be billionaires i think like that's just some crazy fantasy people have pushed upon them people just want to be able to afford to live and like survive in this world right now and that actually is possible if the money generated from streams the money generated from reruns is sorry is fairly distributed across the planes of every single person that 
worked on this particular production and i think that's the thing people people are seeing this as selfishness because they can't imagine that this is possible it's hella plausible possible it's plausible well it's hella plausible too if you have a hit show on netflix there's absolutely no reason for lead actors crew members crew huge crew departments there's absolutely no reason for them to be earning 80 cents after a year absolutely no reason for them to be earning pennies for their work absolutely no reason for people that were on very popular shows that get rerun all the time on local television there's absolutely no reason for them to not be able to afford like basic groceries it doesn't make sense at all there's also an argument that I've seen um, on American Twitter where people are like, oh, you're getting paid very little for this movie. And I think that's fine because, you know, that movie sucked. That movie wasn't very good. So I understand that you're getting very... Let me tell you something. And I know it's very hard to hear from somebody that just spent at least an hour complaining about things that she hates. You disliking a piece of art, a piece of media, doesn't mean that it should not get fairly compensated at all. That it actually is not a good justification whatsoever. Firstly, because of all the things that I complained about here, there are at least 500 people more, five, maybe five times more people that absolutely love and adore what I am finding things to complain about. There are so many people that have been super fans of a show that was not critically acclaimed, that was not well received by big audiences, and that is fine. But also, even if a movie had one time to, to, to one chance to be out in the world, out in um, the big screen, and it didn't perform very well. You deserve every lick of money that it sees when people buy the DVDs, when people hire it to show it to their class, when people um, are randomly just scrolling through a streaming service and decide to open it, and after an hour or so realize that they actually do not like this movie. You still deserve the money even if people do not like the product. Because they're watching the product, they're consuming the product. If you're consuming the product, then that money should go to the people involved. It doesn't matter how you feel about it. Like, oh, I remember that was, a, that was an opinion that upset me greatly. Because the fuck do you mean people shouldn't get paid just because you didn't like it? Who are you? You're one guy. There's probably a massive fan base for this movie that you will never know. If, if the movies that I didn't like that are super popular amongst people, if those movies didn't get residual checks, they didn't get um, any, if they didn't see any of the profits after its initial release, just because me, a person, a civilian person who doesn't do anything, if they didn't get their money just because I didn't like it, I'd be mad at myself. You should be mad at yourself, whoever said that, because what the hell do you mean? <sighs> anyway, <laughs> those were the two major points that I really, I just had to scream about because I just don't understand why this is carried on for so long. I also don't understand why anyone thinks that a computer 
programmed by human beings but like not by creative human beings i don't know why anyone thinks ai has the potential to replace the work that human beings have have made in regards to movie and television i don't have to write a whole thing piece for you to understand that ai can't do what we do i don't have to argue for an hour to convince you that ai cannot do what you have to do i just need to let you know that they can't do it maybe they will make something okay worst case scenario and that's something that people have brought up worst case scenario they decide okay some scripts can be written by ai but now they will hire two three writers to try and rewrite the scripts that are made so that it makes sense because i don't know if you guys have seen anything written by like ai they're not very good <laughs> grammatically logically they're not very good um there was a thing in south africa there's this thing where matrix um asked a a chachibiti they asked it to give them a motivational um slogan to put on their matric jerseys or hoodies and <laughs> well laughing about it the other day with my cousin and the result was the the ai suggested that they write if not us when i think that's what yeah that's what it said and if you can speak any kind of english you understand immediately why that does not make any fucking sense and so i'm not saying anything terribly mean but i am a robot racist and i just don't think that they are the people that should be handling some of our most human-based creative jobs i don't think they should be handling a lot of the jobs that people want them to handle but again i'm a robot racist and maybe no one should listen to me but they should listen to me with this pay your actors fairly pay your writers fairly pay your crew effectively give animators the shine that they deserve and for god's sakes i don't even know who needs to do this but someone talk to the constitution of this country to fix the the residuals but yeah but the residuals of people in the movie and tv making business because it's kind of it's kind of mad it's kind of it's, it feels very illegal anyway that's my little rant over and done with i just <laughs> had to I had to complain some more i had to complain some more and thank you so much for reaching this point where you could hear me complain and hear me scream and I thank you lovers for sticking beside me all of these three whole years. I can't wait for the fourth. I can't wait for the fifth. God knows what we're going to do for the sixth. But all I know is that I will stay here doing my good business. Um, ranting and raving and shipping on your behalf. Shipping alongside of you. And I hope that you stand beside me, stay beside me um, all throughout that time because there's so much, like I always say, there's so much that I have to give y'all. Just give me some time and give me your patience. And I promise this will all be worth it in the end. Thank you so much for listening. 
Again, you can catch us on Twitter at StoryCupid, on Tumblr at StoryCupid Podcast, and on Instagram at ZamaTShares. The next episode will happen. That's all I'm going to say, because anytime I make grand promises, it does not work out in my favor. The next episode will happen, I promise, and it'll be fun, it'll be great. Hopefully, it will not just be me. I do have lots of guests lined up that I should really... <laughs> I should really work on those things. Um, watch the space. Ugh, I hate it when people say that. But yeah, watch the space. Because grand things are going to happen for me. Grand things. We're going to change shit around. And I cannot wait for that to happen and for y'all to bear witness. Until then, have a great day. Have a great weekend. Have a great woman's month and, you know, have a great life. Oh, wait, have a great life makes it seem like I'm never coming back. But you know what I mean? Like, I hope, I hope things, <laughs> I hope things are great. I hope things are great for you. Bye.